0: April 22, 2023, is a white for Pedro show. Thank you. For Pedro's show, happy Saturday. Started off the show with John Coltrane, with Tommy Flanagan, Clipso. And you probably can hear that noise indicating I'm not man alone mode right now because of those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got with me, Brother Steve Five, welcome aboard. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Absolute. And Yellow Five, doing forevermore was the first tune you gave me, and I think I I used the sequence that you gave me, so maybe I fucking got it together chronologically also. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, maybe close enough. (laughs) What about (laughs) you bringing us your earliest musical recollection, please? Yeah, uh...
1: Well, I, I my first musical memory uh was uh was my mother's voice, I think. Like I remember when I was maybe three or four years old, I was crying and my, my mom held me and sang like, I gave my love a cherry or something. It's like an Appalachian folk song, you know, or that uh that song that uh that dude at, on the stairs in Animal House was playing before John Belushi smashed his guitar. Uh <laughs> but I remember my mom singing that to me when I was a little kid. Um and uh, yeah, very distinct memory. My mother's sweet voice, you know. Um, then I have I have two older sisters, and I, my oldest sister Sandy had Roxy Music records, and I I remember just being a little kid and and just being entranced by those album covers. I mean, we also had a Kiss album in there, and that one kind of scared me, but uh, I was totally taken by it. And uh, and then my sister Dawn played piano. Uh, like we had a piano in the living room so i'd be playing with my toys and she'd be you know playing different stuff so
0: okay so there was a, some musical instruments in the pad you were up did you have to go through the experience of piano lesson uh i
1: tried it but i i was just too frustrated with it and my parents had already put my sister through piano so i just sort of i don't know i i was more into karate and drawing and stuff so my parents took me to karate instead but later on excuse me later on i uh um i i I tried to learn (laughs) uh my mom had an acoustic guitar she played sometimes in the church and uh and so i i tried to play uh the solo from one by metallica uh on uh on that like rusty old strings on that guitar that was the first time i ever tried i was probably 12 or 13 um, what
0: about before yeah. that? Were you in the marching band or the choir at school, or shit like that?
1: Uh, I was in the choir a little bit, but that right around that time, right after that, I I I got a a white squire bass for Christmas, uh, and uh, and so I was I was learning how to play it, and then I played. Uh, in the concert band and uh, we, <laughs> I was, it was a Catholic school. So we, they, they had me playing Godspell and they had all the sheets written out and stuff. And I just was like, ah, oh, this sucks. So I, I quit doing that. But, uh, and that's when I started playing and uh, playing Ramones songs with a buddy that I met. Uh, and yeah.
0: What was the first record you bought with your own money or, you know, whatever the fucking medium was, the cassette. CD, yeah. or.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, when I was 6 years old, I remember this really well too cuz my mom took me to Kmart and uh and she'd let, you know, like, let me pick something out and I I they had a record rack, like a, an aisle with records back then and uh I was born in, you know, 1979, so this would have been 86, 87, something like that. Um uh and uh or 85, 86, but uh, they. Uh, I got "Take on Me" by Aha. The 45 of that—that that was the first record I ever bought. And yeah, I with your own money, and, because
0: and, when you're a kid, you ain't got a lot of money, so that's why I asked that question. What about the first gig you saw?
1: Oh, the first gig I saw. Well, my parents, my dad was a John Denver freak, so <laughs> I saw John Denver maybe three or four times before I was like six years old but the first the first concert i ever first concert i ever went to that i bought with my own money that i chose was um it was october 31st 1993 at the jar arena in akron ohio and it was nirvana and the meat puppets and the bo- boredoms it was uh halloween night so it was like the the barney concert when uh kurt was dressed as barney and um i think pat smear was dressed as slash uh, my older sister took me, it was like, uh, I was, I waited on the phone with the ticket master for hours and we got like maybe the worst seats in the house. We were like, our backs were against the like brick of the, in the nosebleed section of, you know, of the building. So it was like probably the farthest you could get, but I was just like, like I was, you know, amazed by it. Uh, totally caught the bug then. So, and I think that was, a, my sister had a beer, and like we split a half, you know, like each had a half a beer or something. And uh, so it was like the first time I ever drank a beer and um, probably the first time I ever smelled weed, like was coming through the, somebody lit in the, in the rafters or something. So, um, but yeah, that that was, that was my first show. So I was pretty lucky, you know.
0: Uh, well, actually the first show was John Denver. Because I didn't ask you what what was the first gig you paid for. I I asked what was the first record you bought with you. So after school, not graduating. Remember, it's a lot from Pedro. show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. So you can rest, Brother Steve, you can rest your mind assured. Now, uh, (laughs) after school, not graduating, but in the afternoon, garage band, basement band. Bedroom Band, did you get into that? What about with that white squire bass? What happened to that?
1: Yeah, that. So at first, I started out on that, and uh, I was playing uh, with uh, my buddy Jerry Kiefer. We were doing like Ramon's covers in in Kent, Ohio, and then uh, uh, and then uh, like I switched to guitar a little bit after that, and um, and then I I was working at <laughs> I was working at this place called Chicken Manor in kent uh and it it was like you know real midwestern chicken place and i was washing dishes and the the other kid that washed dishes there was his name was justin and he played drums and then one of the line cooks uh was kevin glenn and he played bass and that that was our first band was from working at that uh chicken restaurant (laughs) and uh um and that was yellow five so uh yeah and we, we we played in my garage and um yeah, and uh, you know the funny thing about that is that we um, we I had read somewhere I I just gotten I got bought a used Fender Twin, and I was playing guitar and Kevin was playing bass, and I I had read somewhere about the Minutemen but we had never heard heard them. Now, this was like the mid '90s, so like you know like there were still t- it's it was hard to get records sometimes. You know, like in the record stores and like so we had read about the Minutemen but we couldn't find any of your records. And, uh, I, I read that, that, uh, you know, the deep Boone like turned his treble all the way up and his bass all the way down. And, you know, I was like 15, 16 at the time. And I, I saw that, I just took that to the limit and it was like ear bleeding. Um, but, uh, yeah, we kind of later figured it out. And then even a couple of years after that actually heard the minute for the first time, but <laughs> that's, uh, you know, it's a story about, about that. Um, actually, that first song, the uh, the Yellow Five song, that was like what we kind of imagined like a jazz punk sound would be like without ever actually hearing a jazz punk band, you know, or whatever you'd call it.
0: Yeah, we just called ourselves a punk Yeah, We thought you could yeah. play. I remember Dee Bloom once talking to me about the, you know, direction of us. He says, look, we can play anything we want as long as we sound like the Minutemen. I said okay now uh <laughs> what about the first yellow five gig
1: yeah uh that was at this pizza shop in like uh bar called uh europe gyro in uh in kent and um and it was uh us and then it was uh this band the whippets and um that was my friend jerry's band that i had first started playing with and um the Whippets later. He, he, they later went on to be the Subtones, and they played with Marky Ramone's band or something. That was a couple years later. But, uh, but yeah, this was, it was a Europe Gyro. I was 16 years old, and uh, yeah, I try. I remember I, I had a. I tried to smash my guitar at the end, but I I did I'd never smashed a guitar before, so I I hit it on the on the side of the body, and it it just wouldn't break. <laughs> so. Uh, so but that was, uh, besides that, was that though,
0: was the gig, yeah, was the gig a success? I mean, that was a failure, but
1: yeah, <laughs> no, the gig was a success. I, uh, we had, we just printed up a bunch of flyers at Kinko's and went all over town and, you know, we were super excited. So I had never booked a show before. And, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, so we just like handed out flyers everywhere, put them all up over the, all over the place. So a lot of people came out and, uh, yeah like uh a lot of the older there were like there were kids who were a couple years older than us that we really looked up to and some of those bands like what like uh there was Harry the Spy and Party Helicopters and those bands were playing at that time and that was 1995 and yeah yeah like um and um yeah, like Jamie Stillman, who he was in those bands, who does Earthquaker Devices. He was, uh, he was at that show. <laughs> he was at my first show. So, um, yeah, we go way back. But,
0: um, yeah, that was still a, There was a club that? in Akron. No, it was in Kent. It was called Mother, Mother Lode. It was upstairs. Hmm. And Dee Boom bought a telecaster. That black telecaster's from Kent, Ohio.
1: Oh, really? Was it Woodsy's Music?
0: Shit, I can't remember the store, but, you know, and I can't even There's remember There's only exact... really one, right?
1: Ra-
0: I can only... Uh... There was one music store. Yeah, but I wasn't through there a lot, okay? And and I can't really yeah. even recall the exact name of the club. Mother's something. Mother's? It was upstairs. This is like maybe 1984. Anyway, uh I know uh, the bass man for Devo, him and the singer went to college there, and it was very heavy in Kent for them. It's why they got that band going, why they quit school. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. That's what Sly Stone said. And, uh, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think Numbers Band was maybe Akron. Yeah, yeah. no, Numbers Band was Kent,
1: yeah. Well, they were Kent uh, also, uh, okay.
0: Uh, well, but these places are pretty close even in, both, oh, yeah, in both those towns, they're more inland, but they're not that far from Cleveland either.
1: Yeah, no. They're 15, 20 minutes away yeah, from each so other and about 45 minutes from Cleveland. So.
0: If you were in SoCal, it would be considered like the same trip okay, <laughs> right. in a way, but not really, because like we're balkanized down to like the block. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So uh, you gave me this uh, gold circle I want to play.
2: False Otman. And false Thank
3: uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Watch for Pedro, show that of music. Start off with Gold Circle doing My Ghost Haunts The Office. Babe's New York City. It's got to be the worst fucking name for a band ever. Um, (laughs) I shouldn't say that, but fuck. Anyway, the, the song's pretty good. Train. Not John Coltrane but the vehicle. A lot of noise there over the fucking line brother steve yeah bombas Prendon out uh, of the dc area with time to go they got a brand new record they, they've been putting them out people the steve wall is fucking wailing 99 letters after that saison so yeah a box for the saison uh, above the tree this trippy uh musician from verona tell andrea knows him. for tell stay too i'm gonna get him on the show Anyway, it's featuring Francesca Matti and King Above. This was done with uh, Romano Milo and uh, uh, Barcelona. Yeah, he's Chile. You know, fuck. It's not where you're from. It's where you're at, right? That's shit. <laughs> that works every time. <laughs> Thank you, brother Sly. <laughs> Bjorn Magnuson. After that, with the Ethereal Faith, the Chunks, whatever it is. Bass players from Scotland, not England. TV repairman. I think this is from Ke- the Ke- Quebecois band. Can't figure you out. Anglais though. No Quebecois. Uh, no Tabernacle right? The worst curse word. <laughs> Adela Mead uh, with interlude number three. Tupa Troopa out of Poland was sick. Finally, band called Tina. With purple something or other, so I'm 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 guessing Gold Circle and Tina are the next bands after Yellow Five. What happened with Yellow Five?
1: Well, uh, I guess uh, the drummer started dating my uh, this girl that I had been dating, so it kind of fell apart after that. Well, actually, then we got we got a new drummer. His name was Corey Race, and uh, and he was just a kid like I was, well, I mean, I was 17, but he was 14. And, um, so he started playing with yellow five and then we decided, well, we should probably just start a new band. And so we started gold circle and we did that for a couple of years, you know, we played, played in the Kent scene with, uh, this was like the late nineties. So it was, uh, you know, like party helicopters, man, I fell in love with, um, Harriet, the Spy, bands like that. And then, uh, And then Corey and I were we became really, really good friends, but uh, kind of we'd get really you know (laughs) agitated at each other and uh, fight with each other. So that broke up, and um, and then and then about a year or two later, we decided to start playing again, and we met this kid Tyler, uh, and that was Chinese Logos or Tina uh, was what uh, uh, what we ultimately called it, but, um, and Tyler, uh, Tyler and I, we became fast friends, but like he, um, he's kind of like my D Boone, you know, like he, I, uh, when I was, we played for, you know, a while and then, um, he ended up, uh, passing. So, you know, it was, uh, pretty rough time. And that was right before I moved to New York city. So, uh, yeah, but.
0: So Tita ends with both Tyler Leaving everyone, and you leaving Ohio for New York. Yep. And what do you do when you get to New York City?
1: Well, I kicked around for a while. I was like, well, maybe I want to be a writer. I I was writing songs, uh, but then I was also working at the Strand Bookstore and um, just trying to write.
0: Uh, Can I ask you, when you were r- working at Strand Bookstore, was Tim Wright working there also?
1: Mm, this was 2004. By this time, I Tim, don't.
0: Tim see, Wright was. I the, don't know. Uh, I, Tim Wright played guitar and bass for Perubu and then later bass for DNA. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Tony Maimone said by that time he was sporting a cane. Did you see him walking around with a cane? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. He also told me that he tried out this shit called trepanation. You know about that? Where you drill a hole in your skull?
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, so, so you can get high. if yeah, you, um,
0: you expose some of the brain. You get like kind of LSD effects or something. I don't know. I haven't tried it. That's wow. That's what Tony wow. Mamone told me. You know, Perubu was huge on the Minuteman. By the way, I'll oh, tell yeah. you another influence on the Minuteman. We just lost his brother. Mark Stewart, the singer of the pop group. I found out yesterday. Wow. Follow me. Yeah, it's... Big blow, big blow. He's been on yeah. the show a few times, and uh, yeah, they were huge on us. Uh, you know, we, they were just, we never even got to see them live, right? They were just records, but you know how that yeah. can get, like you were talking about Ramones and stuff. Uh, so, okay, yeah. so go, go back to the strand. When you mentioned that, just, and also, did you see Tom Verlaine, you to staying out there, right? Yeah, yeah,
4: he,
1: um, he, I the first two months that I was working there, he would come in every day and uh or like a couple times a week you know like almost every day but um he uh and he would go through like the uh all the used books and then down in the basement they had like the what they called the uncorrected proofs it's like the advanced copies and they'd come from publishers or from reviewers that didn't want to review the books or keep them and um sometimes you could find some real gold in there for like 50 cents um and he I would he would come in and the... i eventually uh just got up the nerve to be like hey are you tom for because i knew it was him as soon as i saw him the first time and um he was gracious enough to to you know um have coffee with me and and like we would go out on my lunch break and just hang out at the news bar on University Place and smoke cigarettes and he'd talk to me about Peter lofner and Lochner. uh nicola tesla he loved Nikola tesla
4: i think
0: so. i think they say a uh, lochner talking to people who knew him but he had really long teeth <laughs> either that or really receded gums but I, I my experience with tom Verlaine, he was always a man of few words so that's bitching he opened up to you brother steve we're at the end of the first yeah. hour april 22 2023 edition while pedro show special guest steve five hold time for our two April 22, 2023, it's the second hour of the watch for Pedro show.
4: After the splice When the temperature's nice After the patch When everything's a match After the patch After the eddy When it's hanging
0: for Pedro show, start off the second hour with the, the Library is on Fire with Pink Rock, Chaz Smith after that with The Replicant, Vic Chestnut after that with Swellers, and then finally The Library is on Fire again, but this time with Magic Bum Rush Hearts. I remember when those uh, butt rock Sunset Boulevard bands would put the Z, right? Was, uh, instead of an S at the end of the name. Let, let me, yeah. I, I, It's Duff, right? He was in the farts. Fuck art, let's fart. Right? I had the effects <laughs> guy tell me, yeah, it ain't, you know, copying the Ramones and then it's art rock. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love... I love when motherfuckers are telling me how you're supposed to be punk and they're like 20, 30 years after the fact. It's all safe and it's all boilerplate. And they went to the fucking Hot Topics to buy their outfit. And yeah, you know, we don't have to get on them too hard. It's so fucking easy, right? It's almost like shooting fish (laughs) in a barrel. But look, okay, so you're working at this library, which is bitching, man. I've heard so many good things about the Strand. Thirst spent a lot of time there too, he told me. Is that why you called this next project, the library's on fire? Well, yeah, actually, uh, well, it was because of, well,
1: Verlaine uh, gave me a book um, by René Char, who's a French, like World War II poet, and he was yeah. kind of like a, like a proto-surrealist guy, you know, he was he ran with the Surrealists, and, and he wrote a, a poem called The Library is on Fire, La Bibliothèque est en feu, and, um, and I had mentioned to Verlaine that I liked Rene Char's poetry, and then one day when we met up, you know, when he came to the Strand, uh, and on my lunch break, you know, he we went for coffee and he gave me that book, uh, and he's like, oh, this is out of print, you know, so you're not going to be able to find it. This was before, you know, like, you could get stuff on the internet, but, uh, he, you know, he's, so in that book is The Library is on Fire, the poem, so that's, I was like, oh, that." That's a good, you know, kind of just as an idea for the general state of, you know, how humanity works or life works is that, you know, information is always being uh, destroyed as it's created, you know, so it's kind of this forever burning thing or something, you know. Um,
0: but, yeah. Yeah, like, that's uh, how the band name came. came. Uh, the Romans burned the uh, library to Alexandria and. Yeah, China would do it all the time, right? A new emperor. History begins with me. And yeah, fuck, let's burn all the (laughs) bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Bullshit. Rerun, just like the last one. We don't learn much. (laughs) But but tell me, who's in the first fucking version of Libraries on Fire?
1: Okay, so that's Corey Race, uh, the drummer who was also in Tina and Yellow Five. Ah, so he uh, moves
0: to New York City also.
1: Well, I... I was in New York for two years. Then I, I kind of had like a, you know, pretty intense breakdown. I was still dealing with Tyler's death, and and uh, and so I moved back to Ohio for a little while, and then uh, and that's where Corey and I started playing together again. And that was how I kind of, okay, put, I wrote some songs.
0: Let me get that straight. So the idea comes from New York City and Tom Verlaine, but it actually gets acted upon when you get back to Ohio with your old buddies. Okay.
1: Exactly, and then uh, and then so that was me and Corey, and then uh, Antoine Henderson, and he he was um, from Cleveland. He's still in Cleveland now, and he was our first bass player.
0: Um, and so this and, first uh, batch, killer, killer. This first batch of tunes, like Pink, Pink Rock, Magic Bummer. This is far, part of the first batch, the first version.
1: Well, so punk, Pink Rock was the first. That was uh, Antoine and Corey, uh, and then. And then so then I moved back to New York with Antoine, me and Antoine moved moved back, moved out there uh, or he moved out there the first time and I moved back and um, he stayed there about eight months and he was like, New York City just isn't for me. So he moved back to Cleveland and then uh, so then it was uh, and Corey never moved out. So we um, we met uh, uh, Pete Sestarzik, who is our current and still drummer, and he was also from ohio but he was living in new york city so that's how we knew him um and uh so then so then we get we get pete in the band playing drums and then we get and then antoine leaves and then i go one night to see uh to robert pollard's uh art opening at in uh in hell's kitchen he was he was doing an art show at michael imperioli's gallery and uh and i go there and it's the first time i ever met bob too i'd already worked with uh todd tobias who produced uh, pretty much all of his solo records and a couple of gbv albums and he had worked on our the first library record back in ohio and uh and so i met bob that night and then uh i'm kind of hanging out with you know some people around and there's mark shu and he and he's like oh i just moved here from Virginia, you know. And, I was like, well, do you play bass or do you play? <laughs> We're looking for a bass player. And he's like, no, I don't play bass. I play guitar, but I could, you know, or whatever. And, uh, and I was like, you want to meet Bob? Cause I had just met Bob like maybe 15 minutes before. And I was, and it was a real small, you know, kind of setup. So, so like we went over and basically Mark and I met Bob at the same time. And then, um, and, and, you know, we became friends and, uh, and and Mark started playing in the band, and so that was that was the Libraries on fire. Kind of when we really kicked it up a notch, is and then, this like, and then uh, we put out the, the album.
0: And, is this like uh, I am a warrior? Yeah, so okay, that's let me that's Mark's shoe. Let me play it. Pedro Show, that truck of music, start off with Libraries on Fire, now with Mark Shue on bass, I am a warrior. Oh, no, I am warrior. No article yep. there, people, just I am warrior. <laughs> Abigail Whitman with Why We March, number nine, Remembrance. Abigail was on a couple editions ago with Jack and the Mystic Elevator. Trippy stuff. Samuel Lock Ward from Iowa City with Wasteland wasteland. after that. Balk, Crumble Away, Brother Ryan was on the show last week. From Poland, another band from Poland. Articuli Rolna with Kroll Rib. Sorry, you don't mean to butcher your language, but Troopa Troopa does English. <laughs> the, yeah, these guys, they do, but why not? fuck and then finally library on fire the labyrinths of february okay so where'd you record this album
1: uh which one the The one was
0: the first one with mark shu this one i am warrior and shit
1: okay well yeah so so that one well the the one with i am warrior we did it in new york that was an ep um but before that, with Magic Bummer's Hearts, we did that. That was kind of our big record. And we, we did that with Todd Tobias back in Ohio, uh, even though we were living in New York. You know, I, I come back and forth from New York to yeah, Ohio. Yeah, we, uh,
0: we should tell the listeners, it ain't really that far. It's just like the state of Pennsylvania and then 90 miles from Philly to uh, New York City. Because you know, uh, you were talking about Peter Lochner. He would make trips all the time. In fact, he tried out for TV. Tony told me Mm -hmm. this story. Tony's got the red Stratocaster. But he pulled out a pistol at the audition, and Tom Verlaine got kind of freaked out by that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, go on. I'm sorry.
1: Um, but yeah, so then, uh, so yeah, we recorded, uh, it's called magic windows, magic nights that LP, uh, uh, in, in Ohio with Todd Tobias. And then, um, after that we did another record, which isn't online, right. Or it's not available right now. Um, uh, called works on paper. Then we did another one, which is available. Uh, um, and that's, uh, Halcyon and surrounding areas. And that was 2014. Uh, and then by that time, Mark had kind of quit the band. Um, we just kind of, we weren't, we, we were kind of getting frustrated that we weren't getting enough, uh, you know, uh, like success, I guess, but, you know, like, or money or something or anything. So we kind of just got frustrated and at some point kind of, pointed all our guns at each other and, you know, whatever, but, um, and it kind of, you're talking imploded, about
0: the but, circular um, firing squad. <laughs>
4: right. There you go.
0: Kind exactly. of a so, little Mao so, Zedong kind of trip. Yeah. That, that's usually very productive.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so we, so, so as far Mark as quit, like ending uh,
0: something and getting something like put away, you know what I mean? When you start, yeah. Like you already got yeah. the world against you, and then when you turn on each other, oh my god!
1: Yeah, it's just you know. I'm, no, I'm, it's human stuff. Know, I'm it's sure human I'm, stuff. I was a dick, but what's that?
0: Human stuff. We take turns being yeah. dicks. We take take turns being dick. Look, we're at the, exactly, brother Steve. We're at the end of the second hour, April twenty second, twenty twenty three edition. Wap pedo show? Special guest Steve Five. Old Type for hour three. Uh, April 22, 2023. <laughs> it's the third hour of the Watch Pedro show.
5: Just like a curse. Just here before Off your park from behind the black veil exposed so decreed before we were born both me and some have never been before and where we'll never meet again I'll see you there I see you everywhere I turn I couldn't bend so long and only future That exposed a different past And still I wonder where to put your face A different cast to swell to taste, to Kate, To face my back, the feet beneath my dirt, To paint the ground i you yeah.
0: Pedro Show started off the third hour with Brother Earth, not Library on Fire. Both meeting somewhere we've never met before. After that, the Bromley Symphony Orchestra featuring the Underwood Piano Harlequin Quintet with Cities and Names and Leandra from Italo Calvino's Visible Cities. Finally, Morris and Ravenscroft. Sometimes smoky melody. So what, what are these, these like side projects, these two things.
1: Yeah. So brother earth is, uh, it's me and Todd Tobias and, um, you know, Todd, uh, so he, he did the first couple of libraries on fire albums. And, um, and I, I knew his name because I, I knew that he had worked with guided by voices and Robert Pollard. Uh, so, and he was in Kent, uh, recording at the time so we had never crossed paths so I had emailed him uh, and then you know would track the first two first record or so and he has a side project with with Bob called Circus Devils Uh, so the way that at least for a good probably 10 or 15 years the way that Pollard worked on his records was he would write all the songs send them to Todd and then Todd would do all the music Bob would drive up from Dayton to Kent and then record stuff and and uh record his vocals and everything and Todd would mix everything so Todd would do basically all everything that wasn't what the songwriting and the singing uh, um and uh so at that time they were kind of deep in the thick of that process that they had been doing for album after album and i and you know we recorded our album there, and Todd was like, "Well, I've, you know I've got these." All this stuff, all these extra, this extra music that uh, that Bob doesn't isn't ever going to use. It's all the rejected Pollard, you know, Circus Devils music. So he's like, if you want to take a crack at it, go for it. And he sends me like forty tracks, you know, <laughs> and um, so I, that's you know, I just picked some out and wrote some lyrics and vocals to it, and then uh, we recorded that, and that was Brother Earth, and that was our that's off our second or third. we made like three or four records that way uh kind of you know uh postal style like you know just sending it back and forth and um and then uh a couple years later uh we <laughs> came up with this idea of like this kind of psych folk duo called morris and ravenscroft and we released it like uh anonymously like we like we didn't want anybody to know who this was so if they heard it they were just like who are these two guys but it's it's todd never sings he just does music and does production but our our friend cal uh mcnamara he he was the he was morris and i was ravenscroft or or vice versa or something like that but um so that record we put out on cassette just sort of and just kind of put it out into the ether without ever officially releasing it, but uh, yeah, so that was another uh, another side project that Todd and I did, but, but Todd Tobias is fantastic fantastic uh, producer and has a great, great set of ears, you know. Um, well, I a lot think of he's care. Invo- yeah.
0: I think he's involved with this one, too. This is a Bob Pollard tune called Hipsville, and you can hip us to what that's about when we get done hearing it.
2: During the day
0: <coughs>
4: I or <don't know. coughs>
2: His inner ear on the left side.
3: I or something, Chamban uh. <coughs> a, There's a missing cloud. <laughs> 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 i 天双, 天双, 天双。
0: For Pedro, show last music for this edition. Start that chunk off. Bob Pollard doing Hipsville, where the frisbees fly forever. Then, Adivan featured Natasha Noramly doing Mountain Visions. Ryan Carraher, he was on last edition, a live version of Rosetta. Bad reputation from upstate New York, Hudson Valley people doing He, kind of Québécois. But no, I think it's actually from France, even though it's closer. Quebec and finally, the library's on fire, implicate order, so where are you at right now with music, brother Steve? well no first first uh, us to the Bob Pollard thing because that's you on lead guitar, right
1: yeah, yeah, so uh that was um that's off of, uh, I think was it elephant jokes uh that's uh one of Pollard's solo records um and i yeah, I played guitar on that song, and uh what <laughs> The way that it happened was, um, I think we were recording Brother Earth or something. Todd and I, you know, I was back in Ohio for you know visiting family and re- re- went to record. And he's like, "Hey, you want to play on a you want to play on a Pollard song?" And I was like, "Yeah," <laughs> you know. Um, and he's like, "All right." He's like, "There's a the guitar over there. It's already plugged in, ready to go." And then he's like, "He's like, the song's called Where the Frisbees Fly Forever.'" And he's like. It's like so I just kinda of come up with something that sounds like a frisbee flying, right? I was like, All right. And um he's like, Here, I'll you know, I'll play you the song. And he put you know, puts the song on and I start messing around with it. And uh it's you know, the song's like a just like a minute and a half, two minutes long or whatever, and I get I get done with it. And he's like, It's all right, that was good. I was like, I, did you record that? And he's like, Yeah. I was like, is it is that do you want me to do another take And he's like no that's good so <laughs> so that's how i played on pollard's record i didn't know the song one bit and i just kind of played something and then uh you know yeah, that was it that's kind of i get the sense that sometimes that's you know like uh first first take best take kind of thing or you know on the spot you know so
0: reeling in the years uh-huh. right since it was actually just <laughs> right. yeah elliot randall randall Elliott. But but the guy the engineer didn't hit the record button, so he had to do two takes. But he said the only direction he mm-hmm. got from do- was Donald Fagan saying, feel the blues. Oh, okay. But it's, <laughs> it's supposedly Jimmy Page's favorite guitar song. Uh, huh. And uh, Donald Fagan later said it was a dumb song, but functional. So w- where are you with music right now? You're back with The Libraries on Fire? Yeah, so
1: we kind of, you know, after... After Mark left, that was probably 20, 2012, maybe 2011. And then uh, we were together for another couple of years and then we put out an album in 2014. And then at that point, I just was so kind of, I was kind of taking everything real personally and emotionally about about music. And so I just kind of threw up my hands and quit, you know, and kind of, and just, uh, and then I, you know, did stuff with the Bernie Sanders campaign and then was doing art and everything, writing and all that. But, uh, when we came back, uh, it was last year we started playing again, uh, Pete Sestarsik and I, and, um, and then our, our, our bass player after Mark, uh, Travis Tunn, he, uh, he he was in New York when we did our last record, uh, and then he moved to LA. He's like an audio book engineer, so um so he's been recording all our stuff and engineering it all, but he's out in uh Lake Arrowhead. And uh so so I started writing music for the new you know, we just started playing together, Pete and I, back in Brooklyn and then I wrote, you know, Set of songs, and we were like well let's go let's fly to Los Angeles and record them so um so we would track the drums out in, in Highland Park, uh and then we went up to Lake Arrowhead and did all the overdubs at uh, travis's place, and then is
0: it, is it exactly then, you know, it's not exactly Los Angeles it's not lo- exactly Los Angeles, that's up in the mountains.
1: Oh yeah no, no no well but we well we tra- tracked uh, drums in Highland Park and then we you know, sure, we sure. had a place up but uh then uh, yeah so then we've been kind of doing it back and forth uh over Dropbox and Pro Tools you know which is super cool I can record something in my bedroom and put upload it to Dropbox and he's mixing something at the same time I can see it's really cool so so that's what we've been doing. Is uh, there a and, website
0: yeah. where people can find out information about the library is on fire?
1: Yeah, there's uh, the library is on fire dot lol <laughs> is our site, and then um, is on, on fire you know,
0: dot lol people. Yeah,
1: and then we're also on Instagram at the library is on fire. Yeah, or on but YouTube
0: th- uh, those corporate websites probably have links from your own website, correct? Yeah
1: yeah yeah good
0: good so how close you think you are to the album being done
1: uh well we're gonna put it out in the fall so we're still kind of writing and recording and stuff (laughs) but we're we're over halfway done so so.
0: and then you've 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 given yourself a target well when it comes out will you come back on the show we could play it and you talk about it
1: absolutely i'd love to
0: ah thank you brother steve thanks so much it's I know it's been a frustrating voyage, but it sounds like things are working out. Things yeah, are working out, it's, it's great. Uh, so but you come back on when you get this album done. I can't wait to hear it, people. It's been April 22, twenty two, twenty twenty three. Additional La Pedro shall keep your powder dry.